You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your brains, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and sponsored by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and get $10 off your first order with the promo code Locked On on a box of those delicious protein bars. I'm your host, E.G. Andrews of JaysFromTheCouch.com, and I, I know this podcast is going to seem... Like a, a a drop in the water, like compared to everything that's going on, and all the injustices that are still going on, and being enacted on on protesters and and journalists across the states, and that you have to deal with an actual fascist being in the White House. <laughs> I mean, you can't. He can't deny that anymore. He is a fascist. He is a racist fascist. That's that's how we're starting this podcast off about the MLB draft. Uh, these are the days we live in, to quote the old philosophers. Um, yeah, this is the first of a couple of episodes today. Just trying to... I don't know, distract yourselves as much as distracting myself from from all the things going on. It, it Like I said, it seems trivial to talk about the MLB draft. And it, it doesn't help after yesterday's episode where I railed on the owners for 15 minutes. And the draft is another remi- reminder of what they're doing. They've shortened it to five rounds instead of 40. They made it so that any undrafted free agent gets a $20,000 bonus, which is silly. Like, Rowdy Telez was like a 30-second round pick. He got $3 million because he had the right to go get $3 million. So, once again, MLB owners being cheapskates and keeping money away from the people who actually need it. All right. I swear. I swear this is going to be positive. After this, it has to be positive, right? The Blue Jays have the fifth overall pick in the MLB draft. And that's that's a very nice position to be in. And I I've been I've been looking over a lot of draft profiles in and mock drafts just again, trying trying to get my head out of whatever reality this is. And, and just into happier times. And again, we're going to do something similar a little later tonight. So check that out after the simulation of today's game between the Blue Jays and Orioles on Twitter. You can find that at A underscore J underscore Andrews. Where Trent Thornton will take on Dean Kramer. Y'all don't know who Dean Kramer is? He's a double-A pitcher in the Baltimore organization who may or may not have been cut by now. I don't even know. But in this reality, he's starting today against the Blue Jays. So check that out. But yeah, with the with the draft coming up on June 10th, you're starting to see more more laser focused uh, picks being offered. 
And in the recent MLB.com mock draft, it, it marked a little bit of a shift for for the Blue Jays. And I'm going to go over um, at least three names here that I think are going to be very much in play for Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins and, and the whole crew at that spot. Um, let's, let's get a couple things out of the way first. It looks like that the top three is not going to change. It looks like Detroit is set on drafting Arizona State's Spencer Torkelson, uh, the first baseman who's been compared to Mark Teixeira. So, sorry. Not, not going to get him for first base. Um, it looks like the Orioles are going to take another shortstop. I know, right? Going to try it again. Uh, this time, Austin Martin, the Vanderbilt prospect. He, he actually does project more of a, a third baseman slash outfielder type, but he's... He's kind of a defensive chameleon at the moment. It's not like it's going to hurt him in Baltimore. They need to be able to plug him in basically any one of their spots where they're hurting right now. Like, they'll they'll find a spot for Austin Martin. That doesn't worry me. And then uh, the, it has the Marlins taking uh, the, the new consensus top pitcher in the collegiate ranks this year, and that's Texas A&M lefty. Asa Lacey, who, you know, again, projects to be a very nice lefty starter. And and the Marlins do have a decent starter uh, crop at the moment. Their rotation isn't bad. So adding Lacey to that might make them a little bit more, I want to say a little bit more formidable, but it's more like a little less sad. So, yeah. The interesting parts of the draft are going to start around pick four with the Royals, and it'll very clearly affect what the Blue Jays are going to do, because there are there are a couple different ways they can go. Now, if you were talking to me about, I don't know, six months ago, I would have been, you know, crossing my fingers, hoping that the Royals didn't take Georgia righty Emerson Hancock and that he would fall to Toronto at five because that, like, he was supposed to be the number one pick. He was supposed to be, like, that that guy coming out of college. And the Blue Jays can always use more pitching. That has always been the maxim with Toronto. So I would have been thrilled with Emerson Hancock, but... um. Hancock's taken a bit of a dip in in recent months as scouts have questioned just how well um, his his arsenal of pitches will translate to the major league level. And, you know, you, you can say it, it's, it starts to feel like they're just, you know, really trying to pick nets, but they have all the time to do so at the moment. And, and you see that a lot with these, these guys who... who are supposedly number one for so long and then you know an injury happens or or maybe they have a bad run of form and that seemed to hit Hancock this past year so I mean would I be upset if the Blue Jays ended up with him no absolutely not he seems to project you know even if he's not the dominant John Smoltz like pitcher that he could be he still projects pretty well and again Blue Jays could use a guy just to give some reliable innings. 
if if nothing else but um it it does look like the blue jays are a little more confident in what they have in pitching depth in the low minors and and coming through uh the waves of prospects there we've seen them focus on pitching a lot in recent drafts uh like last year when they took West Virginia's Alec Manoa and Texas high schooler Alex Kloffenstein with the first couple of picks, um, sandwiching Jordan Groshans. So uh, you look at that and you look at the trades that they made at the deadline, getting guys like Simeon Woods Richardson, Anthony Kay, um, even lower prospects like Thomas Hatch from the Cubs, it it looks like they're very happy with where their pitching depth is. So there there are still a couple of problem areas that the Blue Jays should be focusing on. And honestly, in the best case scenario, it would be a position that I don't think a lot of people have on their radar as, as one that really needs to be fixed that would be probably the best fit for the club right now. And that is actually second base. Um, I'm not sure how sold the team is on Kevin Biggio as the long-term solution at second base. Um, We know in the past Biggio has been moved around the diamond a lot. He's been played in the outfield. He's been, he's been played at first. He's been played at third. It still feels like, they want Biggio to eventually grow into that utility role where he can be deployed uh, based on matchups and and be able to take whatever spot they need. And if they can find a guy who can grow into that second base role, that makes it a lot easier and more palatable to be able to start swapping Biggio around. Um so one of the guys that the Blue Jays could be looking at at number five is Nick Gonzalez, the second baseman from New Mexico State, who had an insane batting average the past couple years. Like, it's, it's, you know, it, it, I don't, I don't want to say like Ted Williams levels, but uh, Gonzalez has been really good. Went to New Mexico State. He's an, he's an Arizona kid. So you wanted to stay relatively close to home. Um. And in the whack, as a sophomore, he hit 432 with 16 home runs. And those of you who know geography can be all, well, it's in New Mexico, it's in the Rockies, the thin air, Coors Field, blah, blah, blah. Um, doesn't seem to apply to Gonzalez because he went into the Cape Cod League with all the other top college prospects. And he was named MVP because he batted... Uh, <laughs> 351 with seven home runs in 153 at bats. So he's showing that it's it's not a product of his location that he is he is able to hit. And one of the things that I've noticed with the Blue Jays in my simulation is Aside from potentially Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and and Bo Bichette, they don't have a lot of contact hitters in the organization. They have a lot of guys who are all or nothing, you know, three true outcomes of baseball, strikeout, walk, or home run. 
So if you can get a guy like Gonzalez in who would slot right into like that number two slot, if you let Bichette bat lead off and then have a guy like Gonzalez in there who can reliably make contact and, and move a base runner or slap a single, that will serve Vladimir Guerrero Jr. so much better. And, and Lourdes Guriel and even some of the lower guys like Danny Jansen and Teoscar Hernandez. If, if you have those reliable table setters, that just puts that much more pressure on the opposing pitcher. And it's, it's something I feel has been very lacking from the Blue Jays toolkit over the past few years is is being able to make a pitcher work from the stretch, being able to make him uncomfortable with runners on the bases and and just getting your hitters into better positions so they don't end up striking out all the time. That's all I want. I just, I hate strikeouts. Um, we've gone a little long on this first segment, but that's what happens when you have the energy of eating your Built Bar for the day. Built Bar, the sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I shouldn't have to say any more than that. But it comes in 16 different flavors. They're coated in 100% chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. It's it's like nougat in your mouth. It just kind of melts. It's, it's really good. Um... They're low in calories. They're they max out at at I believe 170 calories per bar. They're low sugar. They're high in protein. They're high in fiber. They're they're better built than Cliff Bars. So I highly recommend taking us up on the offer. Where if you go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on, you're gonna get ten dollars off your first order. So that actually drops it down to like um case of 18 bars. You get like you're paying two fifty a bar, essentially, and and for stuff that is much higher quality than Cliff Bars, and and doesn't taste like just someone shoving a mound of peanut butter in your mouth. So check that out. Go to builtbar.com. Use that promo code locked on. Get ten dollars off your first order and start enjoying your protein bars. You are locked on Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we are back. And so I, I said I had a couple couple names lined up for the Blue Jays in the MLB draft. We just talked about one of them, Nick Gonzalez of New Mexico State. Um, there, the other route that the Blue Jays are, are potentially going to take. And it, it looks like it's the more prevalent one if Gonzalez does end up going number four overall to the Royals. And that would be trying to find a long-term solution in the outfield. Because I don't know if you've been on Blue Jays Twitter, but the outfield seems to be the main problem child of this team. Other than the starting rotation last season when when things just went off the rails. But with Anthony Alford and Dalton Pompey not being able to fill the void that Blue Jays fans have been looking for, um, it's possible that they could find that option in this draft. And if you're looking for immediate help, 
I mean, I don't think you're going to find it here. The The top outfield prospect after uh, Torkelson and Martin is probably UCLA's Garrett Mitchell. And he doesn't have nearly as high a ceiling as some of the high school pros- prospects that are coming through. And I know that would be a long wait, but, you know... You, you try and build something in waves. You got to have that next wave coming. And when reading the recent MLB mock draft, MLB.com's Jim Callis had the Blue Jays taking the top high school prospect in the draft. And that is Florida outfielder Zach Veen, who, um, according to the profile that was written on him on MLB.com, um, Veen is one of those guys who has just been been hanging around the cages forever. And, and Mark Feinstein did a, did a good job with this piece. But just coming in as like an 11-year-old to the high school uh, batting cages and, and starting to work there. He's a guy who clearly wants to keep working on his game. He's able to grow into it. He actually projects to be a center fielder. In the major leagues, which, I mean, don't get me started on the Blue Jays' problems with center center fielders. Um, I don't, I don't think they've they've had like a major star in center field. Like, would Vernon Wells count as a major star? Would we put him up there? Like Kevin Kevin Pillar is great. Kevin Pillar has those highlight reel catches, but you wouldn't call Kevin Pillar a superstar in the league. And when you look at the comparisons that Zach Veen is drawing to guys like Christian Yelich and Cody Bellinger and, and Charlie Blackman, those are very nice names to be able to be linked to. And you know, the Blue Jays do have a decent reputation for being able to develop the minor league talent and giving it what it needs. Obviously Veen would be right at home in Florida um, going through the system there. And you look at some of the measurables that that kind of kind of lead scouts down the path of what they could be. Um, you look at Zach Veen's exit velocity on you know batted balls on contact. He averages very high in his in his class. He's in the 98th percentile because he's already got an exit velocity that tops out at 99 miles an hour. And he's 18, so he's going to have time to add some muscle and add some speed onto that. So you're looking for those balls that are going to shoot by infield or shoot shoot out and drop into the gap. Um, like, his swing is already, you know, in that top 5% for, for bat speed. And those, those are kind of things that are really hard to teach. So to see it already present in this kid so young is a big part of why he's so attractive um, to to a lot of people and uh, he's got a 91 mile an hour fastball just in case so he does have enough of a gun from the outfield that you can put him out there and, and not worry about him being a liability um yeah, his, his average throw from the outfield is 92 miles per hour. So, you know, he's he's a guy who, again, looks like he has all the tools. Now, 
Anthony Alfred had all the tools, but you know, if you don't succeed at first, try again and and hopefully fail better. <laughs> so, um, don't be surprised if that's the route the Blue Jays take in in taking a guy who, you know, right right now it looks like they're they're confident with what they have in the outfield, and they'll if not, they'll probably go the free agent route. Veen gives them the opportunity to see if they can they can develop that kind of homegrown talent like um, like the White Sox have in Luis Robert or Eloy Jimenez, who they got from the Cubs, but still they they raised them up in their organization. So I wouldn't be surprised if Veen's the pick. And just to throw out a potential sleeper that may not be on Blue Jays' radar. Um, there's another high school outfielder named Robert Hassel III. He's from Tennessee. Similar comps to Veen. Not getting as much um, press at the top of the board because he projects more to be a right fielder in the major leagues as opposed to a center fielder like Veen. But another guy with a cannon for an arm. He he was a two-way player at his high school in Tennessee. Um, a little lower on on the on the bat speed then Vien he topped out at about 91 miles per hour on his exit velocity so a little more raw than Vien at this point but he's another lefty bat um another guy who you know if he needed to you can make him like a two-way player you could designate him that and and have that that option as a lefty arm which if you remember my bullpen spiel the, the Blue Jays could definitely use some lefty arms coming out of the pen. Um, Hassel is a Vanderbilt commit, so, you know, if that program's interested, you got to know that he's looking pretty good. So, if Veen gets taken by the Royals and, you know, they, they're they not as sure on Gonzalez, that may be another route they go to try and save um, save a bit of money to use on later picks in the later rounds. So just just keep that name in mind. It looks like it's going to be between Gonzalez and Veen. I don't think they're going to go the pitcher route with this number five pick. But Hassel is a name they could fall back on. So I hope you enjoyed this kind of brief draft preview. We'll probably get a little deeper into it as the draft approaches next month. But I just want to get that out there now because I've been reading up on stuff. So if you like what I'm talking about or if you have your own thoughts on who the Blue Jays should take, hit me up at a, at a underscore J underscore Andrews on Twitter. Almost tripped on the underscores because underscores are dumb like Twitter. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Himalaya. However you get podcasts, you can subscribe to make sure you don't miss an episode, especially when they're being pumped out on Sundays. And follow the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at LockedOnJays. So, yeah, now that we're at the end of this show, uh, you can tell your smart device, hey, smart device, play Locked On Fantasy Baseball. And you will be set for when baseball returns. Or, you know, maybe we'll shift gears and go KBO talk. I don't know. Scott Cullen is heading up that show. He does a fantastic job over there. 
and check it out, give it a listen, and we will be here later to talk about the the seemingly lather, Lazarus like resurrection of one Teoscar Hernandez in the virtual world. Be still my beating heart. So until then, for everyone at the Lockdown Podcast Network and everyone at JasonTheCouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. And y'all take care.